Hey, this is Taylor. This is Jake. And this is Dan. And this is Unicorn Finders, where we are on the search to eliminate the elusive unicorn factor in everyday people, businesses, and relationships. Hope you enjoy. All righty. Happy Thursday. Uh, excited to be with you all today. Um, and uh, I, it's just Dan and I today and Rahat. Um, Jake could not break away from meetings. We just I just got a text from him. So uh, you got the two professional podcasters between Dan and I. Dan and I both love podcasting so much. We have two. Um, and so uh, today's going to be a blast. Really excited to be with Rahat this morning. I, I do, before we dive in, want to give everybody kind of a quick background. If you do watch this now or in the future um, on kind of what this thing is, right? Unicorn Finder. So basically, Unicorn Finder stemmed out of COVID. Um, I feel like a lot of podcasts like started out of COVID. Everyone was bored around the house. We're like, no, I wish we could start a podcast. Um, so Dan, Jake, and I are really good friends outside of work. Believe it or not, coworkers actually can be friends. Um, and so we want an excuse to hang out. And so we started this out. Um, we've been going on two, two and a half years now, Dan. That's crazy. I've been at this for a bit. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Most, most people hang it up. We did have a, uh, a little sabbatical at the end of last year, but, um, we're back. We've been going strong. And, and so what, what this podcast is, is this, we just want to highlight companies doing cool shit. I mean, at the end of the day, like that's what it is. We just want to talk to people and companies who are doing things and companies you probably never heard of. That's kind of what we're going after. And so today we have Rahat joining us, um, from Polygon. Um, so Rahat, if you want to give a quick background about yourself, um, and Polygon, and then Dan and I will of course start peppering you with questions. Yeah, definitely. So, hey, I'm Rahat. I'm a developer advocate over at Polygon. Um, so what I do is I go around to conferences, hackathons, things like that, uh, teach people about building in Web3, uh, building smart contracts, dApps, decentralized applications, things like that. Um, and yeah, Polygon is a, uh, what we call like sort of a, we provide like multiple solutions for scaling on top of Ethereum, which is uh, one of their more popular uh, blockchains out there. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a bunch of different solutions like our own um, proof of stake blockchain, as well as several products we're gearing up to release in the coming months to help folks kind of like help with reducing fees, making it more sustainable to build applications on blockchain. Nice. Awesome. Well, before we dive into Web3, I want to talk about a non-tech thing and that is your favorite job ever so can you tell the people about your favorite job ever and hopefully polygon isn't watching but talk real quick about your favorite job you've ever had yeah i hope polygon doesn't take offense to this but yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> my favorite job ever was definitely as a toy demonstrator uh at fao shorts um, awesome. my job was literally to show up start playing with whatever toy of the day there was to sell unbelievable People would walk by. Um, I once threw a frisbee at um, Ben Affleck's kids, so that was that was really. You're fun. kidding me! Yeah. Wow. Like on purpose? On purpose. I mean, they they were prepared. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh. I guess you were hot, like just slinging fr- like frisbees down <laughs> on people's kids. That's awesome. I love that. All right, so let's go back to tech stuff. All right, so Web three. So in, in your mind, Rahat, what? How would you define Web three? Web three, I see as a tool um, for just building new experiences on the internet. I know a lot of people kind of uh, push it as like, this is the new internet, this is the future. And um, you know, I, I are on the side of just like, yeah, I think it's, it's definitely gonna be something huge in the future. Um, it's definitely going to affect the way we do a lot of things on the internet, the way we interact with people. Um, but at the end of the day, it's a tool. It's a specific 
thing you can use to create new experiences. Mm. Um, so some of those experiences include like one of my favorite, like one of the things that got me really into Web3 in the first place was just like this whole notion of um, owning your own data, owning your own content, um, not having like a third party right. take a huge chunk of your funds or money out um, and like having just just like what's called like a permissionless way of like using the internet and where you don't have to rely on like some big corporation to help you just do what you enjoy doing. Yeah, that makes sense. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead, Taylor. Uh, Rahat, I've got a question. So, um, you know, we have a a, a pretty wide audience of people that watch us, you know, obviously gears a little bit more towards tech, but if you were to describe Polygon, I know you, you did, you know, just there a little bit, but if you're on a, a longer elevator ride with somebody and I don't need an elevator pitch necessarily, but if you're on a longer elevator ride, how would you describe like the, the problem to somebody that maybe doesn't know or doesn't keep up with, you know, a lot of the blockchain or, or web three and what you guys are ultimately trying to help, you know, individuals and, and companies do. Yeah. And then I have a follow-up question on that too. Yeah. I actually saw a really, really good explanation on uh Twitter like yesterday about like oh, one of, one of our products. Uh, but I think it kind of applies to like generally uh, what we kind of do. Mm-hmm. Like you could kind of look at like most blockchain technology as the DMV. Like um, mm-hmm. it's slow. It's not, you know, it, it serves a purpose, but like sure. it's not efficient. Um, and what we're trying to do is like figure out a way to make that a little bit more efficient uh, and more user friendly. So on the DMV, you might wait for like hours on the line to, I don't know, apply for driver's license or something like that. What if we could do something where, you know, you go to, rather than waiting to go to the teller or whatever to fill out some form, you fill out some form, leave it on the side. They go through all these requests like asynchronously or whatever on the side and get you set up as you're waiting or whatever. Um, And this was like one of the best, like I'm I'm butchering the explanation that this guy that wrote. Basically y'all are like the new DMV. There we go. Polygon. The new DMV. The new DMV for Web3. <laughs> yes. um, and, and so so here's, so my thing is like, all right, who is using your software? Is it a software? Like, how, how do we pitch it? Like, is it a software? Is it a tool? Like, what is it? So we have a few different um, kind of offerings. I guess the one, okay. like our main offering is really um, what's called a proof of stake blockchain. Um, okay. So you have Ethereum. It's it's Correct. like one of the, the, the most popular blockchains out there people are building applications on top of it uh, people are you know sending um you know money to each other on top of it whatever whatever they're using it for um and it it's slow it costs a lot of money there's like gas fees and things associated with it which we can dive into right. um and the you know the fact is like what we're trying what we our initial offering our initial product was like we have this whole other blockchain, right? Completely compatible with Ethereum. Everything works exactly the same way. If you're a developer, you can start building on top of it right away. You don't have to learn anything new. Okay. And um, that that's like the sell to like a developer. And then the sell for like an actual user is just like, why would you want to pay these like huge variable gas fees? You know, you want to send like 50 bucks in like ETH to somebody. Do you want to pay another $50 in gas fees just to do that? Sure. Um, so we, this initial offering that we had of this previous stake blockchain was, you know, not only is it faster. Um, so we work to make it, make sure it's, uh, much faster, um, than Ethereum, but also less costly. 
um, you know, why do you need to load up your, you know, uh, crypto wallet with like a hundred, 200 bucks just to do a, you know, a couple small interactions sure. when we could let you do that for a fraction of a penny. Okay. Yeah. And, and go ahead, and, Dan. And how, go ahead, Taylor. No, no. Well, fine. no, I'm kind of curious because obviously you're sending a lot in our private chat right now. So kind of, do, do you want to talk about that or kind of more thoughts around that? Yeah, I was actually going to put uh, all of that together here uh, in a second. I, I found the, the tweet thread um, that Rahat was talking about, about the DMV. Uh, right. But I guess right. be, before we do that and while I dive into some of this, I've just been copying and pasting what, uh, how, how do you guys do that, right? So you have a, a slow and efficient DMV type process, uh, you know, the Ethereum blockchain. How do you guys make it faster? And ultimately, how do you guys make it cheaper for the individual or the, the company uh, to do so? Um, and why does Ethereum not exist with, some of the things that you guys do all to make the process faster and more efficient, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Um, so it's, it's a combination of like a few different things. Um, first would be um, kind of like looking at the difference between um, Ethereum right now is what's called a proof of work blockchain, yeah. while Polygon is the proof of stake blockchain. Ethereum cool. is moving into okay. becoming proof of stake. Okay. But the difference between the two is like in a proof of work blockchain, you have an this will include like the gas fees and all that you have, like whenever you interact with the blockchain, you want to like do something that affects some type of data that's stored on it. Um, what happens is each of those interactions is always considered a transaction. Um, so that transaction has to be mined um, on the blockchain, which means it's just like validated. Um, it's proven that this is legitimate, a legitimate action that is going to be saved on this huge database to do that you need essentially there's a bunch of people who are called miners who have just computers rigged up all around the world mm -hmm. doing a whole bunch of complex math and just like over and over again just like trying to figure out the right way to place this piece of data on the blockchain there's a lot of complex mm -hmm. algorithms and math that goes into it it right. takes a ton of power to do that um, and right. that's one of the big criticisms about blockchain tech in general is just like you have to do all these very complex, very costly transactions to, um, you know, save this to this huge database, right? And 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 I've heard. I'm going to interrupt you real quick. I've heard that going from proof of work to proof of state is a big jump for for Ethereum, right? Like right. that's like that's a huge like that's a mindset shift, I guess, if if you will. Yeah. So in a proof of state kind of world like rather than a whole bunch of people competing to do all these calculations at once you have folks who like stake or have um these uh, like some amount of like ethereum to uh, ethereum coin eth coin eth mm -hmm. eth is we'll refer to it right. um and if you're staking these and you're basically using this sort of as like a collateral that you're that you're going to say that you know, I have this this amount staked. I'm going to make sure that I validate all of these transactions properly. And if I don't, I'm going to potentially like take a loss on some of these. And rather than you know a bunch of people competing and doing all of these calculations all at once, yeah. um, the what that looks like is like it'll look at kind of like who is staking Ethereum and choose one of them just to do that calculation and the validation rather than a whole bunch of miners competing gotcha. so then you have a lot less computing power which cuts down right. on 
Yeah. The, the, but but also still allows the individual to get the reward of exactly mining and doing the computation to to do so. That's fascinating. I've got uh, for a couple friends of mine uh, that have um, some space in I believe it's in Nebraska that they're doing that exact thing. And I know that the, the cost uh, of it and obviously the computing power and everything else of these huge warehouses and, and data centers that are being built to do this work. Um, how 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 is that being received in, in the world? Because I would imagine that everybody would be interested in in jumping into something like that, where they know that if they have the computing power to be able to solve this problem, it's no longer a matter of am I going to be lucky and be the fortunate one to get that small sliver of that you know ETH. Now it's hey, I know that I'm guaranteed this as long as I have the ability and the power to do so. Am I in the same yeah. Realm here. Yeah. Um, essentially. In yeah. A way. Um, there are so, a lot of folks. Oh, who, yeah. There are a lot of folks who kind of like view proof of stake as not being as decentralized as proof mm. of work. Mm -hmm. um, I don't quite agree with that. Uh, but um, it proof of stake is, I mean, all of this is very, very new technology. Proof of stake is even newer than proof of work, which just has been what's been working on like Bitcoin, the Bitcoin side of things it, um, has worked with ethereum so far ethereum is switching to proof of stake and is in the process of doing so mm -hmm. um but like at polygon we kind of adopted the proof of stake from the start uh with our uh tech so um go go, go ahead dan yeah keep going you got it so i'm i'm curious uh so I, I guess just the, the difference to me, and I'm still trying to understand this world. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about it. I'm still really trying to figure this out. I don't think that there's one subject in my life I've tried to study more and still understand less about every day than, uh, than the blockchain and in, in, in that world. Um, what happens if, if somebody like fails? What if they don't complete their part? What if their servers go down? What, what kind of like, um, not disaster recovery, but what kind of, you know, assurance do we have that that work is going to be completed, if that makes sense? Yeah, I mean, um, if, like, if for some reason you as like a validator who's like staked some amount of tokens are not able to, you know, complete the task, like whether your power goes out, something, you turn off your uh, computer mm -hmm. or whatever, like you're incentivized to make sure that doesn't happen because you will lose, you will take some type of hit on like whatever you staked. Um, mm -hmm. so there's a lot of incentives okay. to make sure you don't, that doesn't happen. Um, okay. so it, yeah, it, 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 it's really like on, on the validator to make sure that if they don't want to lose out on their rewards on their, um, you know, already staked tokens that they have some sort of backup, some sort of ability to make sure this keeps going. Um, in the case where it doesn't again, uh, because there are a ton of validators, you know, in the space, mm -hmm. it can just go to someone else. So it's almost like putting a deposit down. Right. Right. And if you don't, okay. So going back to Polygon, so I want to go back a little bit more on the um, Polygon side of things. It, it, do do developers download Polygon like Visual Studio? Is it something like, is it kind of like a plugin where, hey, I want to build on Web3. I'm going to go to Polygon and download a, a tool, a plugin. Is that kind of how it's positioned? So um, it works similarly to like if you were, I guess the best way to look at it is like if you want to interact with like the Polygon blockchain and build something on it, you'll, the first thing you'll want to do is like access it somehow. So it'll be similar to how you access an API. 
Mm. Uh, there's maybe some sort of endpoint where you make a request to. Okay. Um, so there are companies out there like Alchemy and Fura that run like these, what are called full nodes of like um, okay. the blockchain. So you don't okay. have to run your own node, your own kind of connection to it. They provide you an endpoint and you're kind of like hitting that with some like libraries and tools that you would have while you're developing. And gotcha. that's how you would like deploy things onto Polygon or um, start developing. So, so if I wanted to create, so, so let's say me as a, as an everyday person, not a tech person wants to create something on the blockchain. So I would go out and I would hire a blockchain developer and mm -hmm. I would say, go, would they, can they develop within the Polygon ecosystem and, and still be public for people to purchase things? If, if, if I'm making sense, like I said, I'm still learning here. So I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah. So um, with most blockchains, Polygon included, you have like what are different networks. So you'll have like during development, you might have like a test network that has like, um, I guess, fake funds um, okay. that you can just like test things out, test transactions out, make sure things work. Um, right. And then you would deploy onto like our main network. The main network is where mm -hmm. you can actually buy actual real things, use real money. Um, okay. You would like purchase. Um, so on, on the Polygon network, um, instead of ETH, the tokens are called Matic. So you would buy Matic on somewhere like Coinbase or whatever, transfer it to your wallet and start interacting with that specific um, application that's on that network. So I think my brain hurts a little bit more now that you said that. So, so <laughs> I want to dive into this, right? Okay, so now there's different... So is it kind of like Marvel movies? like different types of universes. So now you're saying you have to buy this certain coin to purchase things on the blockchain within Polygon. Is this where things are headed where you Coinbase is going to be the central place, like the central bank to buy different tokens to access different networks on different communities like Polygon? I guess what Taylor's asking is, did we just recreate the bank? <laughs> yeah 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 that's what it sounds like 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 you know like i'm getting currency for you know, i'm getting korean currency aka polygon but then another platform is using i don't know pesos so i gotta go get pesos for that other platform is that kind of mm -hmm. where this is heading in a sense um so yeah i mean there are competing blockchains competing networks so you know, to use their other mm -hmm. specific blockchains, you'll need their native uh, tokens. Yeah. Um, I mean, Coinbase is, I, I mentioned Coinbase just because it's the most popular way sure. of, you know, sure, getting right. funds, but there are like other like, uh, so Coinbase is like a centralized exchange. Um, yeah. There are like decentralized exchanges that you can use um, depending on where you live. I live in New York, so I don't have a lot of choices. I have to, I don't have any choice but to use Coinbase. Right, right. Um, but yeah, uh, every every day, like folks are trying to like figure out more ways to like I guess what are build what are called like fiat on ramps. Like, how do I mm -hmm. take my US dollar and buy actual yeah. um, tokens? Um, so mm -hmm. that that's still a thing that people are working on, and there's like not a lot of choices depending on where you live. Um, so yeah, Coinbase right now is probably like one of the biggest centralized ways of getting each of those tokens to interact on these different uh, blockchains. Rahat is a guy that's still learning a bit, bit more about blockchain, things of that nature. What uh, is there? Is there an opportunity for Polygon to ever 
be on, you know, to be on multiple different systems besides Ethereum? I mean, I know you have like, you talk about like the development world, you have like Microsoft world, you have your open source world, you kind of have your Java right. Oracle world. Is this one area where you guys are, are kind of tied just into to Ethereum or would there ever be a case where Polygon could go on to like another blockchain that's out there? I don't need to give anybody any free advertising. So. <laughs> um, I would say for, for Polygon, we're very much aligned on like bringing like one of, one of our like core goals is to bring Ethereum to the world, make it more usable for folks. Right. Um, so we're very much in like the Ethereum kind of so space. So okay, stuck with yeah. Ethereum. Okay. And then, and, and so is that, so is that why we're starting to see a lot of web three folks kind of pitch accessibility ease to get on it? Because I feel right now within the general web three community <clears throat> with, it's just very difficult to get onboarded, right? It's yep. very difficult to get rolling. Mm -hmm. And so is that really what y'all are doubling down on with Polygon is like, listen, we understand it's a little hard right now to get onboarded with web three let us do that for you and is that kind of what y'all's pitch is really yeah um there's a lot of things we're doing on that sense of like trying to make it easier for folks like uh, because of how much cheaper it is to develop on like a chain like polygon um we're able to like kind of pitch different ways of helping onboard people like one of the workshops that i sometimes do for developers is like showing them like hey what if you could onboard someone who's brand new to web3 into your application without forcing them to go and like buy some tokens on Coinbase. Right. Um, right. Like, because our fees are like much lower um, than you know, like other blockchains like Ethereum. Because, because again, because y'all do proof of state, not proof of work. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's cheaper. I mean, that's one of the reasons there's one a whole bunch of other, that whole tech, tech sort of. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, don't throw anything else at us. My brain's already hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Let's don't go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> Um, so, but yeah, it's because like we have that um, kind of ability to give the solution at a much lower rate. We're able to pitch solutions like, "Here's how you do this with like what are called gasless transactions, where like mm -hmm. the user doesn't pay the gas, but like the um, company developer whoever is making this uh, project is sort of like paying for the gas for the user, um, at least during the onboarding phase, so they can start and get onboarded and start using." Web3 applications without having to go through like a centralized exchange like Coinbase. That's not economically viable on something gotcha. like Ethereum, but you gotcha. can do that with us. So can you give an example of a successful, if you can, if not, totally understand. Can you give an example of somebody who's um, appropriately leveraged Polygon um, and maybe like a success story, like a case study? Yeah. Um, so recently um, there has been um, so there's this company called Ave, um, and what they do is like a lot of um, like stuff in DeFi, the um, loans, lending out crypto, gotcha. and so, um, certain yeah. things yeah. like that. They yeah. do have like a um, part of they, they do have like certain uh, parts of their application um, built out on Polygon, so you can do all of that there. Um, so that's like one of the one of our top sort of like DeFi projects of like where you can go on um, both like lend money, um, borrow okay. money as well without having to go through like a traditional kind of um, centralized system. Okay. But one of their projects um, 
which actually has nothing to do with the finance side, um, has been working on this thing called Lens Protocol, which is actually like a decentralized social media protocol. And what they do, what they did with that is like, um, everything is built around the concept of an NFT. So okay. all of your likes, your follows, everything huh. is an NFT. Like if you follow, like if I, like Taylor, if I follow you right now, that yeah. is represented by an NFT. And that NFT can like be taken and like it's composable and used in like several different types of applications. I can build like um, a Twitter clone. So I, so, so well, could I, so I've been fascinated with this because I saw somebody spin up like a Twitter and maybe this is it a while ago. It looked like Twitter, but it was all ETH or something. It was like mm -hmm. you basically, so what you're saying with this platform is like, I could gain enough followers, NFTs, leverage that I could take essentially my tokens and then spend on another platform. So not or, necessarily spend, but like okay. those NFTs, like yeah. you own them, right? Right. So you can take them to another platform, take your following with you. Like what if you could take your Twitter following to LinkedIn and back and forth? Huh. Hmm. Um, so it's not that's, that's like platform specific. Yeah. But allows you to kind of like you own, again, the concept of you owning your data, you you have your following. Your followers, yeah. That's fascinating because that would be really nice hmm. as unicorn finders, like especially from a social media perspective, which I'm fascinated with, with content and all that. Being able to take followers from one so like, for example, we've, we kind of made the decision to go all in on LinkedIn. Cause that's kind of where our users are. You know, we're about at 2000 followers on LinkedIn. You know, we're just now getting rolling on Instagram. You know, we're just getting rolling on TikTok. We're not really using Twitter yet. It would be fascinating to be able to take, if, if we were to be in this ecosystem, it would be fascinating to take our user base and basically be able to like, basically put them on different platforms and build that. Cause that would be, that'd be kind of cool. The thing cool. there is like it's built on Polygon and because of that you don't and the way they set things up is like you don't have to worry about gas transactions or anything. Everything is free. Hmm. Um, so you have like the Web3 side of things. You don't have the annoyance of having to like load up a wallet with money just to interact yeah. with it. everything. You know, Polygon kind of enables you to do that. Mm -hmm. That's fascinating. Dan, you got any more questions? I have one more question to round it out, but I wonder if you have any more questions. No, you can you can round it out my question. I, I've got a bunch that will lead us into a, a long rabbit hole. A long rabbit <laughs> hole. Um, well, actually, uh, I guess we're hot. Quickly, sorry, Taylor. Quickly, how'd you get into this space? I mean, yes, was it an that. interest that you had or and you got into the space because of that? Or did you see a really cool opportunity for you to be able to use your skill set and then, you know, obviously grew a passion for it? For yeah. Um. I guess a little bit of both, like around 2016, 2017, I was like, I guess, participating in like all of those like brand new coins and random altcoins mm. that kept popping up. And I was like, yeah, let me see if I can make a little money here and there. And I, I made some, lost some, whatever, lost interest after yeah. that. Um, then January of last year um, and like a little bit after that, I started seeing like NFTs kind of like growing in popularity. And my one of my first thoughts was like, what if I could do something like this for musicians? Um, just coming from like a, I, I've previously been a musician myself. Um, so then I just started like diving into the technology from there. Um, and then I guess just became increasingly convinced of this being like a really awesome technology um, that could be built out kind of further. Um, joined a couple of like um, 
you know, communities in the Web3 space. Mm -hmm. um, Polygon was not my first Web3 job. I've worked at like another company before, um, mm -hmm. learn more there. And then uh, I wanted to like hop into DevRel and I saw like Web3 as like being a good place to do that. Um, so combined kind of like my want to go into DevRel and learn more about Web3 to get into Polygon. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. Great story, man. Um, final question as we wrap up this time again. Thank you for this. A lot of information, but I've I've definitely learned a lot. Um, what is one hot take that you have about Web three that either is trending the wrong direction or that you want it to go? Just just any any thoughts? Um, up? I feel like NFTs have done a lot of damage to Web three in general. At least the. Uh, the way it's Dan, perceived Dan feels the same way <laughs> um i do like seeing um you know projects like lens protocol who are using nfts in different ways sure. rather than just like a picture <laughs> to, yeah you know glorified jpeg yeah. yeah um so you know the use case of nfts that i've seen it right now is just it's, it's horrible it's it's not good for the overall ecosystem um it just like leads more to like people speculating and spending and losing money, yeah. uh, which is what a lot of people rightly do not like about, you know, our current ecosystem. And I fully agree with that. Um, one of my, you know, hopes is to like, kind of like dig underneath that, find a bit of the technology that is actually good and figure out how to build on top of that. Um, so Love it. that's what I'm What doing. What's okay. One more question. Sorry. What, what, what do you think, people who want to get into web three need to be mindful of um i would say just like web three is still like it's still web two like you, you're still going to be learning all of like your basic fundamental yeah. coding and things like that if you're going in like the developer route um like if you're going in as a developer you're still going to be learning things like javascript web development um you're just adding a couple of like tools and libraries on top of it that's all you're doing so like yeah. Your actual learning experience doesn't really change that much. Um, it's really the main thing to kind of keep in mind. I love that. I love that. Well, Rahat, thanks again for hanging out with us today. Uh, time flies when you're having fun. Um, so, uh, Dan, it's great to see you, man. As always, Rahat, Absolutely, stay on. Um, uh, when we finish, we can say bye to you. But um, for those of you who did tune in, listen in, hopefully you learned something. I know I did. Um, go connect with Rahat yeah. on Twitter. Uh, go check out Polygon if you want to get uh, connected to the Web3 space. And uh, we'll see you all next week. Y'all have a good one. Take it easy. Thank you all so much for tuning in to this episode of the Unicorn Finders. If you found any of that interesting or helpful at all, please share it with your friends. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, or want to be a part of our podcast, be sure to email us at info at theunicornfinders.com. And while you're at it, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe us five stars and share it with a friend or two. We'll see you next week.